everyone. Welcome to our newest episode of the Inspirant Group Podcast. I am not Danielle Lay. I am Megan Newhouse, our CEO at Inspirant Group, and I am really excited to be hosting today's episode with our special guests, Carrie Maselli and Tom Brannis. Tom is our first external guest on the podcast this year, and Tom, we're so excited to have you here. You have been such a friend of the organization, and we can't wait for our conversation today about culture. And uh, from what we've learned from you, you are a culture czar. And I would just love for you to share with our audience a little bit about who you are and about your company. And we can launch into it today. So welcome. Fantastic. Thanks, Meg. And great to see you, Carrie. Uh, my name is Tom Brandis, born and, and raised in Chicago. Uh, people is really my passion. I've, I've had a, an interesting career that has winded through technology into human resources, a little bit of urban education in there as well. And now I'm back in the technology space. Really, the, the one thread, the one common thread is uh, how, do, how do I help people be their, their best, right? Both personally and professionally in the workspace and then out of the workspace. We spend so much time at work uh, that I've really found that when you, when you show that you invest, you care um, in, in the people that are, that are working on your team, um, they live their best life and they bring their best to, to the job every day. Um, my role in Everywhere Wireless is uh, partially innovation, which is both customer facing and internal innovations. So how do we make the, the service as, as joyful as possible for our customers? And how do we make the, the work for our internal team as easy to do as, as possible? The second part of my, my job is culture and, and HR. So the HR is the, you know, the stuff you love to hate, the policies, the procedures, making sure everyone's safe and everyone gets paid, all those things. And then the culture side, which is really the, the exciting side of how do we, how do we take a, a very fast growing company, uh, make sure everyone feels like they're on the same team and feels like it's a great place to work. Um, Everywhere Wireless, it's the, the premier internet service provider in Chicago. We're a Chicago-based company. Um, when, you, when you call our support number, you get someone who could be uh, one of your neighbors uh, and, and really working to turn the customer experience uh, on its head. You know, in, a, in an industry where most people uh, actively dislike their service provider, uh, we've, we found a way to, to make people uh, truly joyful about the experience they have with their internet. I just love that. And I'm so grateful to our mutual connection who introduced us, who just knew we would hit it off. Um, both of us being people first kind of people um, and culture gurus, culture czars. So um, I'm really grateful. And then, so you and I had a call, we had an intro call and just really hit it off. Couldn't wait to talk again. Realized we had other mutual acquaintances as well. And I couldn't wait to introduce you to our director of learning and development, Carrie. And you all had some really interesting conversations. So um, Tom, where did you and Carrie, you know, first talk about and, and where did that lead going forward? Yeah, the, the first couple of conversations were interesting. It was, it was, it was like, what's going on here, right? We, there, there's some common threads that are really interesting. We're talking about the same stuff. How do we work together, right? We, there is, there is, there is out of the gate from our, I think our first call, Meg, it's like this desire, like we're talking the same way. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're growing this company everywhere wireless in a, in a way that is people first. Um, we were, you know, we're, we're the initiatives that we had and that we've been pushing on that are kind of culture centric and, and person development centric uh, tied in nicely with a lot of the work that, that was going on at Inspirant. 
Um, and so we, we, we knew that there was some way to work together, um, but we weren't really sure. And I think we landed on a, a pretty incredible program that we're rolling out to our team. Um, Carrie, I'll hand it over to you to, to talk about that. Sure, and I have to say, I was looking forward to you recapping our first conversation because I cannot tell you what we talked about. I only know that it was so fun. I just remember hanging up and I think Meg, we probably hung up with Tom and then called each other. We're like, wow, is he great? You know, that was so fun. And I think what stands out to me is not even, like I said, the topic. I think it was about people on some level and learning on some level, but it was just that it felt very aligned. And to speak for Meg too, you know, she and I both felt super aligned with what your goals were and what you were all about. And uh, it was really obvious that you cared about this. And so it really made a lot of sense for us to figure this out. Um, and like you said, we landed on an emerging leaders program, which you know, I'm passionate about all kinds of adult learning, but I think especially when you can recognize or even, you know, choose and then uh, help to develop and recognize those high potentials within the organization. I mean, when you can really commit to that talent in a way that they haven't been uh, committed to before is just so much fun. Uh, I think I've said this to you before that there's really nothing better than spending time in a room with people who are really good at what they're doing and other people are noticing, but also eager to learn and, uh, you know, have some things to learn as well, you know, and have this, you know, future goal of, of success, whatever that looks like for them. Yeah, I love how you guys dreamed up this new program for Everywhere Wireless. And Tom, this is this is something new for the organization, right? Yeah, the, the actual program is very new. And I think the the idea of becoming a learning centric organization, it's, it's a little bit of a departure, right? We've, we've grown pretty quickly. Um, and a lot of the work was focused on the work, right? We've, we've trained, we've trained our people to be really good at doing their, the exact job in front of them, right? And now we're at a point where we're saying there's more, there's more that needs to exist, right? We need to take a step back. And this emerging leaders program is the first step back. We're saying we need to talk about more than what is just the task you need to do today and how you're best prepared for that. We want to make sure that you're trained so that in the next year, in the next three years, in the next five years, um, you're on a path to, to leadership, whatever that may look like. Um, and so it's it's an, a new initiative that you guys have, have both been incredibly helpful in helping us push forward. Um, and really it's it's for us, you know, we've, we've looked at the life cycle of an employee and we, we took the first part, which is the, you know, applic the application process and said across the board, people hate going through this process, right? Potential candidates hate it because there's not transparency, companies move too slow, there's not a set path. Employers hate it because it, you, you get inundated, right? You put a job posting up and you got 400 people applying. So we took that first and that was like our first challenge. Like, how do we solve this? How do we make this a great experience for our internal team as well as applicants? And so that's kind of solved. And then the next, the next two things that we were solving for was the onboarding process, um, which is something that we've, we've, we've started to, to address and really, really think more about. And then this, you're in the job how do we help support you and develop you as a, as a leader? I love that. So would you say that um, coming through COVID has caused you to step back and assess these, or was this something that was in motion prior to the pandemic? There was, there was some thought about it. There was definitely some thought about it before COVID. 
Um, we, we knew, and we had done work on the application, you know, on you know, the recruitment application process. We knew the first part of the, of the, the process wasn't working well. Um, so an you know, employee or an application would come in and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a great process. It wasn't transparent, it wasn't quick. Um, so we, we saw that independent of COVID. The onboarding piece is something that we knew was gonna come next. It's naturally the next piece of the life cycle. And we had plans to, to address it and, and COVID only expedited that need to address it because we went from, oh, we, we onboard someone and they're in the office, right? So do we have to be intentional about the training? No, like we'll just pick it up, right? They're, they're just gonna be around, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll have them go meet the accounting team at some point we'll have them, they'll just learn by osmosis. Like this, this thought, this bizarre thought, like people just learn by osmosis, right? If they're just around the office, they'll just figure out what the core values are, right? Like all- Speak to you, no, people think that. <laughs> all of those things, if, if, if you could change a preconceived notion, like just because you're sitting four feet away from a, you know, someone that's been in the job for two years, they're not gonna know this stuff. So COVID being work from home, we were working from home from since, since last March, um, we couldn't rely on that institutional knowledge, you know, transferring via osmosis. And so we had to sit down and create, uh, you know, a really robust onboarding, uh, onboarding plan. So we have, you know, managers have a, an actual day-to-day -day plan of like what people will be working on, but then also an onboarding platform that allows for new employees to go through a self-paced um, set of, of modules and lessons that, that take all that institutional knowledge and, and really give it, give it some, some teeth and, and have people understand this is what we stand for. This is how we work. This is how we interact, all those different things. Tom, I love how you, you use the word intentional. Um, you know, tell me a little bit more about what that means for Everywhere Wireless this year and how it might um, go against some of those preconceived notions that you were just mentioning around you know, learning by osmosis or culture of osmosis now that we're no longer in those offices every day. Yeah, I think intentionality has been my keyword of the past past year is that, you know, we're everywhere else, you know, we're a, we're a, a fast growing company. I've been in roles like this before across the board. And there's this, there's this thought, and I would say it's an ill-conceived notion that culture and institutional knowledge and all of these things just happen, right? If you just put the right people in a room, if you just get, you know, the, you know, if you just get the, the, the right people, you know, throw some, some, some snacks at them, right? Culture is just going to happen, right? You get a ping pong table and suddenly people are all going to start talking, right? That's, that's not true, right? You have to be intentional about, about culture. And that's something that we've learned as we've grown. Um, you know, we had three original partners, we're 50 plus, you know, close, closely getting to hundred plus, in, in, in headcount. And you can't leave it up to chance. You can't leave it up to uh, someone understanding this is, this is what's important. Here are our core values. Here's what we stand for. And then the culture is just going to magically, you know, appear uh, as, as if it's a, a Disney movie, like just kind of a fog happens and then, and then culture is there, right? It, it's not like that at all. Um, it, it has to be very intentional. It has to be planned. It has to be strategic. And I think COVID just made all of these things a lot more clear. 
I mean, incredibly clear. And I think, you know, hopefully those learnings are going to continue on as we start to move out of, you know, whatever this next step out of COVID is. Um, Carrie, I just want to flip it over to you. You know, what, what are maybe some preconceived notions that you think um, folks have had about people and culture? And I'd also love to hear your take on the work, word intentional as well, because I know in some of the work that you do, that's something that you definitely try to infuse into um, the management learning. Sure, thank you. I, I have to say, first of all, when you say learning by osmosis, I just laugh because as a kid, I remember little about being a kid, but I remember very vividly reading a Garfield comic when I was a kid and he was laying on a book, uh, like a textbook. And I remember his human dad, I don't even know if does that guy have a name. Uh, I remember he was like urging Garfield to study or learn, do something, he had to do some homework or some ridiculous thing that this cat had to do. And he said in the caption, I'm learning by osmosis. And as a kid, I had no idea what that meant. I did not think it was funny at all until, you know, probably like a decade later that I <laughs> was like, oh, that's why that was funny. Uh, so I just had to share that. I think that, uh, you know, Meg, you were asking about preconceived notions. And I think for me personally, and hopefully some people can relate to this, you know, this idea that I always believed, especially as a young manager, I always believed that I, that my people, my team, my people would want and need what I wanted and needed. And it was very clear to me. I mean, you know, the younger we are, the less broad our thinking is, you know, our perspective is more narrow when we're younger. And I remember coming up with all these great ideas and these things that I was, you know, making available to my team that uh, they didn't really connect with or need or want for that matter. And so I learned early on, thankfully, that uh, it's really important to ask people what they want and what they need. You know, if you're committed to it, like Tom was saying, um, and intentional about it, there's that word again, it actually has to start with, we'd like to invest in you and your happiness, your satisfaction, whatever, your well-being. What does that mean for you? Can you please define it? And of course, Tom, I'm sure you know, uh, you have to narrow it down on some level. You can't give everybody exactly all the you know different specific things, but it just really helps tremendously to inform you know what the company does in that strategy, like you're talking about. That I think is so critical. I love that you were use the word strategy. Um, you know, to answer the second part of your question, Meg, in terms of intentional, I mean, I think. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday, Meg, when you and I, we were talking and we were actually talking about Tom's program that we're building. And we were thinking about giving them two pieces of homework. And you said to me, look, this is an emerging leaders program. They have to work. Like, it's okay to give them two things that they have to do. It's not even a sorry, because in that moment, I thought, and you know, Meg, you and I have these moments every day where I'm like, yes, we're saying the same thing. I always feel like we have to work for what we want. You know, if I, if I want something and it's okay if I don't, if a person doesn't want, you know, the next step or the next level, that's fine. There's nothing actually wrong with that. But if their goal is to learn and to grow, then you got to put in the work. And to me, I, I think intentional is synonymous with work, you know, whatever that means for you, put some effort toward it on some level and you'll get the results that you're looking for. I mean, it's kind of like exercising. If you just say you're going to, <laughs> it doesn't really, you know, do anything. You actually have to move your body. So um, that's what I think about, Meg, when I think about intentional, you know, effort. I couldn't agree more. You know, something I, I say over and over again is that no one is going to care as much about your career as you do, nor should they. <laughs> really, it's your career. It's your choices. It's your path. Um, and you should be intentional about the choices that you're making. 
Um, so Tom, I, I want to bring up on your LinkedIn bio, you talk about reimagining culture, which I just love that idea. I think that so many rewords have come out of 2020, out of the pandemic, right? We're, we're rethinking, we're reimagining, we're retooling. Um, can you just share what that means to you, what that looks like um, in the work that you do at Everywhere Wireless and maybe how you measure how, how you're rethinking or redoing or reimagining? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One of the things that that's a little bit different, and this is something that I, that has taken a little while for me to get used to, is that um, it's it's a company that has a, a few different types of personalities in the company, and and so there's not a one one size fits all solution to culture, right? We have we have a construction team, right, and and their wants, their needs, their desires are going to be totally different than our engineers, which is gonna to be totally different than our uh, internal developers, which is gonna to be totally different than what uh, you know, our typical office team looks like. And for, for the longest time, we, we, we approached culture as, as almost a one size fits all. We were smaller, so it, it kind of worked. Um, but as we've grown, as we've added numbers to those teams, we've really had to, we got to reimagine what, what culture looks like and again, I think COVID accelerated this as we are now ha having to have the pleasure of uh, ensuring that we're meeting people where they are and what they want to do, right? And so that means more, you know, more variety of programs. That means you know, just being mindful about dates and times because people are shift workers. Um, all these different things that that takes. Uh, you know, the, the idea of culture and the idea of events or initiatives and really breaks it down and says, what is, what does this person want, right? What is, what is going to get them excited, right? And, and maybe there are three things that, that hits that person and someone in their own department is a little bit different, right? And so it's, it's coming up with a set of activities, events, initiatives that not all of them are going to land with every single person, right? And that 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 has to be okay, right? And and there are some that are going to surprise you, right? We've had some events where we thought it's going to be, you know, this group is going to love it, and it ended up being a different group. So just being flexible, trying as many things, um, you know, understanding when something isn't working, why it's not working, recalibrating from there. Uh, there's a couple of measurements that we've been using. That have been really helpful, and one is one's micro and one's macro. So the micro is we do a daily mood check, super light tool, pops up in everyone's email at four thirty-five every day, and it just says how how was your day, right? And it's not how was your work today, what roadblocks did you have, all those kind of probing questions that are really asking is how productive were you today? Uh, we're really we're really trying to get at how was your day, right? Like, how are you feeling? Um, and that actually goes into uh, a message board that everyone has access to. It's it's anonymous, um, and we've we've seen in COVID especially, it's been super helpful. You know, people are are getting mentally fatigued. People's family members are getting impacted by COVID, and it's a place to to vent a little bit and say, you know what, I had a garbage day. My day was terrible, but you know what, I'm going to get after it tomorrow. Right, and, and you have people thumbs upping and commenting and, and celebrating along with them. So that's like a daily, you know, super small 
but a really good way for us also to indicate, you know, look at trajectory and trends in the company. So we see if people are all feeling really, really down, you know, what can we do to, to elevate the, the company? And then on a, on a macro level, uh, we're doing some more employee satisfaction surveying on a more regular basis that allow us to track trends, making sure that we're, we're addressing the needs of our employees, uh, making sure that they you know, feel supported, that they feel like they've got a voice, that they are feeling like it's an inclusive uh, organization. You know, we've got a set of 20 some odd questions um, and it allows us to see where, where the work is ahead, right? It's, it's, in, it's never gonna be done. It's never gonna be, I'm never gonna be walk away and say, oh, we're done. Like <laughs> culture, culture's, culture's baked in, we're ready to go. I don't have to think about this anymore, but it gives an indication of where, where do we need to focus on? What do we need to work on next? Yeah, I mean, your team is so lucky to have you. Um, not only to, you know, poll them and ask them these questions daily and, and regularly, but also to then take action on the responses that you get. That's often a, a disconnect is like, I'll ask for your feedback, but I'm not going to do anything about it. <laughs> so the fact that you're doing that. Um, I just wanted to ask, like, as an aside, what has been the most popular virtual COVID thing that you've done for your team for the culture? Um, that's an interesting question. So we had, we had, there's two that, that pop up. One of them was early on in the quarantine where we had a happy hour and we hired, uh, a pretty incredible British comedian that did hip, I don't even know what you'd call it, hip hop improv, um, where we gave him some suggestions and he would wrap the answers. Uh, and I know some other organizations have used him since I'm still waiting for my royalty checks. Chris, where is it at? Uh, so that was that was very popular, totally off the wall, bizarre, super fun. And then for the holiday season, you know, we have we have a a kind of standing traditional holiday party. It's been at the same place, uh, you know, and and has grown kind of cool to see over the years. You know, you go from five people to ten people to eighty people to one hundred people, and you see um, see that grow. Obviously, we couldn't do it this year. Um, so what we did was we had um, virtual events for each department. And each of those departments got to choose what type of event they wanted to do. You know, what, what would speak to them? What would speak to their group? Um, and so it was, a, it was a really interesting, fun time, kind of good way to close out the year. Yes, we, we also really enjoyed the British hip hop improv rapper. <laughs> Thank you for your recommendation. So you just never know what these connections are gonna bring to you. And maybe we can link to a couple of the things that you mentioned, maybe the tools that you're using to pull your teams and. Um, we can maybe even give a shout out to Chris so we can get those royalty checks in there <laughs> in our comments. Um, Carrie, I want to ask you, you know, thinking about um, working remotely, we've talked about this with our team and the idea of Groundhog Day, which I was waiting for that like ideal meme yesterday. You know, we keep saying it feels like Groundhog Day and yesterday was Groundhog Day, but I never found it. So if anyone has one, let me know what that looks like. Um, but you know, what are, what are some things that leaders can do to help their teams, um, you know, get through, push through this, this COVID fatigue and, um, really, you know, dive into what the culture and connecting intentionally looks like. 
I think I'll go back to something that Tom said earlier about this daily poll that he's asking people to share their feelings. You know, that's the big thing. It's emotional and it's feelings, you know, generated, right, Tom? I mean, people are saying I had a crap day or I had a great day. And I think what that's doing and what is still needed, um, one of the most beautiful things that's come out of COVID, I think, or this pandemic is this idea that we're giving each other more empathy um, because of the situations that we find ourselves in and the fact that we are all at our wits end, aren't we, most of the time, you know, depending on what our situation is. And I think that this idea that you're normalizing talking about feelings, you're letting other people see how someone may have, you know, how someone's day may have gone, and then they can, they have an opportunity then to react with empathy toward that person. And maybe, Tom, I mean, it's probably creating some sort of offline, like, hey, I saw that you, you know, had a rough day, can I help, or do you want to talk type of thing. So it's just fostering this connection that I think we just can't let go of, you know, yeah, now, I mean, Mag, you're, I'm as vulnerable as an ex person, you and I have talked very specifically about how tough this is, you know, I'm someone who likes to be around people, and I like to, I like to go places, <laughs> so, um, you know, just having the empathy from even our leadership at Instagram from you and, and our, the rest of our leadership to say, you know, take a moment, you know, I think I'd love as selfishly as Inspirant Group to work with any organization who's interested in really taking that idea of empathy and helping them really cultivate it, you know, and, and put it to work for them. Because in my opinion, it's, you know, it's what we all need. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> so this, I mean, this has just been such a fun conversation. Thanks to you both. I, you know, obviously culture is something that's near and dear to our heart at a people first company like Insprint Group and Tom, our like-minded culture czar, brother in culture, right? About everywhere wireless is just so fun that, you know, it's something that's always been important to us, but I love seeing that companies more and more are realizing that their employee experience really needs to be top of mind. Um, with that in mind, let's just think about, you know, 2021, the future looks bright this year where I think we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Carrie, I just want to hear from you. What's what's a big audacious goal for you this year? We could talk personal, professional, whatever you feel like sharing, but what do you hope to get out of this next year ahead of us? <laughs> Survive? <No. laughs> um, I think, um, you know, when I think of audacity, I think of, you know, different, for me, different, you know, than I've been. And I think what 2020 and even now, you know, when we, we transitioned to 2021 and we're still here, you know, doing what we were doing, I think for me, the audacity comes into this idea that I don't have to set these crazy goals for myself and put all this pressure on myself. I think that, um, you know, as long as I keep learning, I mean, certainly I'd like to grow our partnerships, Meg. I mean, of course, you know, creating learning solutions for our clients is such rewarding work that I love it. You know, I don't want to stop doing it. So I'd like to do it for more companies. But at the end of the day, for me, the audacity comes in saying, Carrie, you don't have to really set any kind of goal. Just put one foot in front of the other and do what feels right. And then see how that goes. You know, I, I adopted that mindset. What was it like mid last year, would you say, Mag, that we talked about? And I have to remind myself often that it's okay just to, you know, take a breath and see what, you know, comes up next. And then, you know, ask me again at the end of next year, this year, early next year. But for now, I'm just going to give myself a little break from the goal setting. 
Well, I honestly think focusing on doing the next right thing, you'll be really pleasantly surprised at what it is that you do get done over the course of the next year. But that's been our motto for a while, hasn't it, Carrie? Just let's just do yeah. the next right thing. What's right? What's right next? Yes. Um, tell us what what is a big priority? What's a big goal for you in 2021? You know, with this feeling a little bit more hopeful, like a fresh start here. Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the first thing, the obvious thing is reimagining what work looks like. Um, you know, we're not going to go back to what we used to do. Um, but we've also grown accustomed to some of the, the positive parts of, of working from home. So, you know, having to reimagine that is is daunting and exciting at the same time. Another thing that, that I've noticed through, through this pandemic is a, a year ago, before COVID, uh, we would put out a job posting and it was it was definitely a, a, a candidate market. Um, then the pandemic hit and we put out a job posting. We're getting four, five, six, seven hundred applications in a week. Um, so across the board, it's it's totally changed. Um, but I've, I've become very mindful that in that change, it's as, a, as an employer, it's fantastic, right? I've got by the pick of the litter. I could get exactly what I'm looking for you know, experience-wise, excitement-wise, talent-wise. Um, but one of the things that I've, I've become concerned about is, you know, how does that, how does this affect, you know, someone that should have a chance to get a job and should have the opportunity to grow in a company like ours, grow with us, right? There's a, there's a lot of internal promotions, a lot of opportunity to grow at our company. And, I, it's a, it's a, a significant concern of myself personally that we're not able to give those jobs to people that we may have been able to support previously. Um, so we've started to develop uh, a few partnerships with a couple organizations that would help feed the pipeline um, of employment for um, people that are, that are justice impacted, um, people that are coming from underserved communities, um, people that are that, that have a background that doesn't jump off the paper and say, you know, I'm, I'm number one candidate out of 400, um, but would, would say, hey, give me a chance, right? If I, if I have a chance, I'm gonna do great things for your company. And so figuring out that pipeline and, and being, you know, being an employer that's open and willing to, to bring in folks that look a little bit different than a, a normal candidate and to support them and grow them, you know, we we can make an impact in Chicago, you know, one 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 hire at a time. So, kind of a big a big audacious goal, um, but I'm I'm super excited to to take that challenge on. Well, and I mean that just gives me all the warm fuzzies. Like, what a wonderful mindset for a leader um, to to have those a focus. And um, as I said before, your team, both current and future team members are really lucky to have you, Tom. And we are too. We're so lucky to have you as a partner, as a supporter. Um, and I'm so glad that we got to share you with our audience on the podcast today. So I can't thank you enough for your time. What a fun way to talk. Um, Carrie, thank you as always uh, for being here and for sharing your insight and expertise. But Tom, um, really appreciate you sharing your ideas about culture and helping us to think a little bit differently as we move into this new year. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Meg. Bye, Carrie.